Hi, this is 5050, real estate podcast for the common man, where we talk about selling, buying, and investing in real estate. We aren't baffling you with BS. We're dazzling you with brilliance. We're not telling you how to become a millionaire. We're telling you stories, the truth, and the information no one is talking about. So sit back, listen, laugh, and enjoy 5050, real estate podcast for the common man. Hey everybody, it's JD here. Hope you're doing great and I hope you're feeling fine. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Hey, we're going to be discussing a lot uh, in this podcast of what's going on in the housing market. Uh, You might have heard about it, read about it, or seen it on TV. Or, like I said, if you haven't, we're going to be discussing a lot of what's going on. As a matter of fact, a lot of this stuff that I'm going to be covering in today's podcast, it really hasn't been talked about. And if it has, it's just been touched on and nobody's really going into depth in, in depth with uh, really what's going on. Well, if you've been following it, the uh, housing market is really, really, really a slowdown. You know, what we say in the party is over and it has been over. Uh, housing markets really slow down. Uh, prices are dropping 10, 15, 20% in some of the areas. Uh, a lot of sellers just can't sell their homes now. Uh, where before they were spoiled, they put their house on the market and have 12 offers within 24 hours. A lot of them are panicking after three weeks. So notice a lot of them are just taking their homes off the market. Also, what's happening is a lot of the builders, they are really, really hurting now. You know, they were stuck with a massive amount of inventory because last year, interest rates were about 3%, 2.9%. And houses were just selling like popcorn. And, uh, you know, they were selling 30, 40, 50, $100,000 overpriced where those days are gone. So a lot of people kind of speculated and said, look, we'll, we'll buy a brand new home. We'll be able to get it at 3.8% and we'll be able to get, uh, you know, a lot more money than really our house is worth and move up. Well, those days are gone. So what is happening is a lot of these homes are slowly ready to be uh, sold and built out and closed. And a lot of these home sellers just can't sell their homes. And matter of fact, some of the homes that I've seen that were, you know, last year selling for $750 are just not sell, not even listed at $750. They're almost a hundred grand less now. They're about $650 and they're still not selling. So a lot of these builders are left kind of holding the bag. A lot of these uh buyers who own homes can't sell their homes or they just can't qualify at six and a quarter, six and a half percent. So they're just walking away. And these builders are left really holding the bag. And they're starting to do all kinds of incentives. They're uh, paying closing costs, building out basements, doing landscaping, uh, buying the interest rates down because they do not want to be uh, caught with all the uh, these homes because... The, in fact, a lot of them have construction loans. So what they do is they borrow money from the bank 
to uh, build homes. And then what happens is at a certain amount of time, these loans are due back. And if they're not, then they have to pay real high interest rates and you know a lot of added fees. So these builders don't want to be stuck with these homes. And then these loans become due. And now they're paying massive amount of money on construction loans on homes that are just sitting vacant. So they're trying to just do everything they can to get rid of them so they're not stuck but if you look at a lot of the buyer stock it's gone down 20 30 40 percent just by the um, beginning of this year because just nobody is really purchasing a home so that's one thing now a lot of people you know they, they they're young uh, a lot of the real estate agents they haven't been around and they all jumped on the bang rag, rag in the past four or five years they're not really f- familiar with the you know what it was back in the good old days and what i mean 30 or 40 years ago and i've been selling for quite once some time so i think i mean what you're going to probably see in the, the coming years is you're going to probably see people who are not able to sell their homes they're probably going to start going into foreclosures but they're going to be holding these really low interest rate loans now what i think might might happen and i'm not really sure about this but i've been kind of on top of the trends and sometimes even ahead of what's going on is a lot of the loans, VA, FHA, even some of the conventionals, what they call qualifying assumptions. Qualifying assumptions. So let's say the interest rates are six and a quarter, six and a half, even seven percent. But you have a person who maybe lost your job, uh, maybe in IT uh, tech jobs, or you know they're starting to lay off and so on, and they just can't sell their homes, but they owe. Uh, a lot and they're holding these really really low interest rates well what might happen if you have a good qualified buyer and the uh, loan is assumable what you're going to be doing is seeing a lot of qualifying assumptions hitting the market and what that means is if you have a buyer good FICA scores and so on you'll be able to take over these loans Uh, you're going to have to qualify just as if you were going for that loan like if you were getting a new loan for three percent it'd be like the same thing you're still gonna have to qualify so on and so forth but you now take over the loan that the seller has now if the seller is upside down in the home a lot of times what the seller might do is just care that they're walking with a little equity maybe negotiate and say hey look at i owe you know three hundred thousand dollars on my home uh, you know, if you can give me $10,000 profit, maybe the house really isn't worth that, but they need to move on. But you're assuming a 3%, 2.9% loan. It might, worth be, might be worth to you paying a little extra to get that loan than paying 6 or 7% interest rate. And over the years, you know, 30 years, you're, you're paying $200,000 more in interest than if you just were to spend ten grand gave it to the seller and assume their loan but a lot of times if you're out there you're going to really have to talk as these loans are coming up uh, you're going to have to make sure that the lender and what the uh, procedures with the lenders holding the loans 
uh, want from you if they are assumptions. Now, a lot of lenders will not have investors assume loans. They have to be owner-occupied. I've dealt with a lot of investors and I've never had an investor take over a a owner-occupied loan at a low interest rate. Uh, They just won't allow it. Uh, But it really depends on the the lender. I mean, if the lender is desperate, getting a ton, a ton of foreclosures, everybody's walking around, and they know that the house is just going to go into foreclosure, they might just say, great, you 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 look like a great investor, and so on and so forth. Uh, We'll let you assume a loan, but... Uh, we want a lot more down to have you assume that. So maybe you might negotiate with the seller and maybe give the seller maybe 10 grand more, but the lending institution might want you to put more skin in the game and have maybe 20% more uh, into it from the loan that you're assuming. So if you're assuming a, uh, let's say, $100,000 loan, I'm just using this for a simple uh, teaching, uh, they might want you, except just assuming the loan with very little down uh, and taking over the loan as long as you qualify, uh, they might want you to put uh, 20% of what that loan is uh, so they know that... Uh, you're just not going to walk away if things get tough. But on a regular owner-occupied, um, a lot of them will allow you to assume. So the nays of the own non-qualifying assumption come in, no income, no anything. Th- those have been gone for almost 35 years. But a lot of the loans are assumable, but a lot of people don't really know. So what you're probably going to see as the market really turns around, people starting to walk away. Maybe a lot of foreclosures, short sales, and I'll be, I'll be discussing a little short sale later on in the podcast here. Um, what you're probably going to be seeing is, um, you know, a, maybe a lot of these uh, real estate agents would just walk away. I mean, it's great. Everybody was on the band ring in the past four or five years. You know, easy, uh, you know, put a sign in the yard. Uh, get your commission. You don't have to do that. But now that the market's going to really, really slow down and it's going to take a lot of uh, education and uh, selling outside the box, a lot of these young whippersnappers don't have a clue what qualifying assumptions are, don't even know it probably exists. So they're just probably going to tell their sellers, well, you're going to have to do maybe a short sale or maybe it's not even worth it because... Your loan is more than the house is worth now. Some, you know, maybe you should just walk away. I, I heard that back in the 60s and, I mean, excuse me, in the 80s and 90s where they owed so much more than the house is worth. I mean, real estate agents were just telling them to walk. Even in the 2008s where the, you know, the housing market crashed and burned because of some prime, a, a lot of real estate agents were just saying, you know, just give it back to the bank. And a lot of times people will say, oh, well, if, if times really get t- uh, tough, uh, I can just give it back to the bank. And that's called indeed of lieu of foreclosure. You know, don't let anybody tell you if you deed back your home that it's not really a foreclosure. It's a foreclosure, folks. You might have to wait three to seven years to even purchase another home. It just saves you and the bank a lot of headache with going to court, attorneys, so on and so forth. You being kind of embarrassed as sheriff comes and evicts you and throws all your stuff out in the front 
lawn and the neighbor's like what in the world's going on uh there's sheriffs all over and they're just tossing everything outside so you know it's much better to say a deed of lieu of foreclosure that you give the keys to the bank you give the deed back to the bank and you walk away and sometimes you'll be able to uh, purchase another home but it's gonna it's gonna take a while it really does ruin your credit a lot of people say that it doesn't it re- it's just like a foreclosure um, another thing if you know these homes start going into foreclosure uh, a lot of people don't really know that let's say I'm just using elementary numbers let's say you owe a hundred thousand dollars on your loan and you walk away from the property and um, you say great the bank can have it and so on and the bank sells the property for less than what you owe them uh, let's say 90 uh, the bank could come back uh, on you as a deficiency which means they're just, you know, they're just not going to walk away and say, "Okay, guess what? We've just lost ten thousand dollars." They can come back to you and put a lien on you for the extra ten thousand dollars. Now, a lot of them don't, because what happens is they have mortgage insurance, and the mortgage insurance covers it. And when you do and you sign all the agreements and so on, a lot of it says that the mortgage, whatever the mortgage insurance pays them, they accept. But in some cases, you know. They, they can actually come back for the difference. Uh, and that's one thing. Another thing, we're going to be discussing short sales, which is probably going to be coming up dramatically now, uh, where you know, you're going to have to be negotiating with the lender. And uh, you know, I've done some short sales. There's an old saying, there's nothing short about a short sale. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, it's uh, really confusing. Uh, lenders will say one thing and then you know the next week say another thing and so on and so forth so I always tell people if you're buying a short sale make sure you don't have any time frame because so many uh, of them fall through uh, you know you write up an offer and you say you're going to close um, three months from now and uh, three weeks before you actually close uh, you get a call from the listing agent and it says, oh, the bank didn't accept your offer. And you go, well, what? What are you talking about? The seller signed off on it, uh, you know, three months ago. No, no, no. Guys, let me tell you a little bit about a short sale. And, and this is so deceiving. And a lot of real estate agents who are rookies, they have no clue what's going on, mislead. And they're just, they're just ignorant. They just have no clue what's going on. So let's say there's a short sale, right? And let me discuss kind of what a short sale is, and then I'll discuss kind of a little bit of what, what's going on. Now, a short sale is when you owe more to the mortgage company than what the house actually is worth. So let's say the house is worth 300 but you have a $400,000 loans. So you say, well, I, I just can't sell this and I'm just going to give it back to the bank. Well, the bank doesn't want your foreclosure. It costs them way too much. Matter of fact, statistics say that when a house goes into foreclosure, it costs anywhere fifty dollars to $70,000 for the lender to foreclose on you. Now, 
Yeah, and that the reason why it's about seventy thousand uh, dollars to foreclose attorneys' fees, honing costs, marketing costs, lending costs, real estate costs, and you know maintenance on the property. So they really don't want to foreclose on you. So you know the question I get is a lot is is a short sale the same as a foreclosure it really isn't it shows up on your credit it ruins your credit but it's different because when you foreclose when a bank forecloses on you pretty much what they do is they send you election and demand notice they have to go through the courts finally they foreclose on you uh, and they require the home and they have to do the maintenance pay all the attorneys pay marketing and so on and so forth. On a short sale, you still own the home, but what you do is you negotiate the um, with the lender regarding what the lender actually would take. Now, the question, misconception a lot of people is anybody can do a short sale. Oh, hey, and I'm upside down on the house and I'm just going to sell my home and uh, I'm just going to do a short sale on the lender with the lender. No, 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 no. Uh, Totally misinformation. No, you have to actually fill out quite a lot of paperwork, show them accounts. If you have any equity in the home, you are going to walk away with zero nada equity. Uh, You're not going to do a short selling and walk away and uh, have the bank take the loss and you walk away with ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. You're not going to walk away with anything. Uh, So you have to show them that what you what you actually owe on the property is more than what the house is actually worth. Now, once you send that in, hardship letter you need, you need quite a lot of paperwork. I won't cover it. So the lender really can look at and say, look, he lost his job. The house isn't worth what it is. Uh, All indications is we don't really want this house back because there's really nothing here, but we don't want to foreclose. So they will allow you to do a short sell. Now, here's where the problem is, and and I'll, I'll continue on covering it because a, a lot uh, to cover here is you know how long you know people say like I said at the beginning how short is your short sale? There's nothing really short about a short sale. Um, you know, a short sale can take a few weeks to three or four months. I've seen six months to do a short sale. So here's where the problem comes in, uh, and this is why I I tell people uh, when you're doing a short sale, don't think that because you got your offer accepted by the seller that you have a deal. No, so many people, and I've I've warned them, but they don't listen to JD. I say, oh, you 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 got a great deal. Oh yeah yeah. Um, it's a short sale transaction and wow we we put in an offer and they were asking four hundred thousand and uh, we put in an offer of three hundred thousand because that's all the home is worth and uh, boy they owe four hundred thousand so the bank's going to do a short sale because it's you know the lender the real estate agent who's listed the home said it's a short sale and the seller uh, bought it so we're going to go through it so we go through the inspection we go through the appraisal we go through uh, all the lenders costs we go through all this and then 
two weeks before you close, the listing agent calls you and says, oh, no, the bank refused your short sale. Well, wait a minute. We haven't accepted contract. No, <laughs> no, folks. Because the seller doesn't care. You can offer them $10 on a $300,000 home. They're going to sign off anything. They're not walking away with any money whatsoever. So they don't really care. They'll sign off on anything. It's the lender who has to agree with the short sale. And until the lender signs off on it, you have nothing, nothing. And that's where a lot of people get confused. And I've seen it so many times. You know, they, they get something accepted and they think they're going to have a deal and then the lender doesn't accept it and they go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, the lender the lender is not going to take uh, 300 but the lender will take, you know, 400000 because the lender owns you know, a, a lot of money on the home. You know, $400,000 is not really worth it. And then you walk away and then another buyer comes in. And, oh, a short sale. No problem. I'll put an offer in on it. And then the lender looks at that and says, no, I don't want that offer. Uh, we, we went to conference and I talked to some of the investors that are holding the loan. They, they're not going to take that. And they and then you walk. So a lot of times short sales, they'll fall apart two, three, four, five times. So when you are submitting an offer to a listing agent who's doing a short sale, to ask him, has the lender approved the short sale and at what price have they approved it? Because lenders, if, if the listing agent has done their jobs, they'll submit it before they even list the property, before they even list the property. They do a market analysis, hardship case. They'll do everything and they'll submit it to the bank. Now, the bank has a, a, a clue of what's going on. And remember, the market's been great for probably 10 years. You probably have not anybody at the bank who has no clue what's going on with short sales. So you're dealing with probably people at the bank who are ignorant. They're not familiar with short sales. They're probably just young, younger adults that got in the business and just are learning this. So they have to go through all the hoops, all this, and they have no clue. So a lot of times what happens is you submit all this stuff to the bank and you say, in order to you know, sell this home, we're going to need a short sale. We're going to you know, the house is worth three hundred, and the, my seller owns four hundred thousand on the home. And they say, "Oh, okay." Well, a lot of good qualified lenders would say, "Let me see all the paperwork you send in. You you do a market analysis. They'll have an appraiser go out there, and it says, "Okay, well, the most we can sell this house is three hundred. They can't afford." to pay the payments. They have no equity or no money in the bank. They're broke. Okay, we'll accept that. And then the lender and then the real estate agent, if they know what they're doing, then they list the property. So they list the property with what's been approved by the lender. 
and those short sales are really great because you submit the offer you can close relatively quick the the bank has already decided what the short sale is no problem but some banks have no clue what's going on and they don't even want any information from the seller because if they start getting tons and tons of short sales they're, they're too busy they don't want to mess around with the short sales what they'll say to the real estate agent is well come up with a price that makes sense and then when you get an offer submit it to us and then we'll figure out what the short sale is and that's really what the problem comes in is because you got a lot of inexperienced real estate agents that will do all the paperwork submit it in the seller signs off of it they submit it to the bank and then the bank looks at it and goes no we're not going to take this much of a loss counters and just because the seller like I said accepts it doesn't mean anything and then they come back and they say to you no we're not going to take this offer we'll take a much higher offer and you say well there's no deal here I got tons more homes and you walk away from it so like I said a, a short sale is not a foreclosure but it's not easy to purchase one uh, let's also discuss you know on a short sale like I said you're going to uh, if you're doing one you're gonna need proof of income and assets you know if you're making a great amount of money and you got a ton of money in the bank but you just want to sell your home and you owe more on the home than it's worth you're not just going to do a short sell uh, you've really got to submit income assets and so on they got to make sure you're broke before they even take a loss uh, with their uh, banks and their uh, investors they will say okay look that you don't have any assets we don't want to foreclose um, and uh, yeah we'll we'll take less and we'll just take the loss because they don't really want to foreclose but they also want a competitive market analysis done on the property they want to make sure that there's no other liens on the property and the reason for that is let's say maybe there's a second lien on the property um, the second pretty much has to pretty much waive their rights uh, to foreclosure on it because or you're gonna have to negotiate with a short sale on the second position because let's say they owe oh uh, let's say they only owe you owe the bank a uh, hundred thousand dollars but the house is worth 150 but you might have another hundred thousand dollars second mortgage on it well they're not gonna do a short payoff because the house is worth more than what they owe but you're gonna have to probably do a second um, a short sell on a second mortgage because that's the one who's really going to be losing because if um, the uh, the second says well this is no money here for me and the first position says okay uh, we're gonna foreclose and they foreclose they're gonna they're gonna make a ton of money uh, selling a property because they might only owe 150 and your house might be worth you know 200 250 so they'll make them a ton of money it's the second position who's like wow if I foreclose I'm gonna have to pay off the first 
uh, loan and then I owe this amount and when you had the first in my what they owe man I'm gonna take a bath so I'll just probably walk away and you know weigh my what rights and then the second the first position foreclose so you gotta remember that the 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 when you're doing a short sale that you gotta see if there's any other liens on the property um you you know <clears throat> Usually, the lend, the people listing the home, if they're competent uh, agents, they have to disclose to you that it's a short sale. Uh, you know, you just don't buy a property and then realize once you put an offer in, oh, sorry, uh, we're going to have to wait until the short sale gets approved. Usually, they have to, uh, you know, promote and market that the house is a short sale. Uh, just an ethical way of doing it. Uh, I always tell people, you know, view the property. You're buying a property. Just just because it's a short sale, it means you know it's not, you know, as is. Take it and it's yours. But you know, view the property. Make sure it meets your needs, the neighborhood, the condition, what you're getting into, because you can't come back to the seller and tell them to stop fixing things doesn't have any money he doesn't care uh you know he's walking away with not a dime so he's gonna be fixing the property up and so on and so forth and the bank they're gonna they're not gonna fix it they, they might have had some banks fix it but mostly if it's a safety issue like if the furnace is shot and it's leaking carbon monoxide and they don't want to have the risk of you moving in there and then dying and then suing the lender but that's really really uh the chances of having a lender doing that is really slim they're just going to go well you know the problem so you buy it as is um figure out your finances make sure that you tell your lender that you're purchasing a short sale because it's a whole different ball game when you're purchasing a, sh- a short sale. A lot of people will just submit the offer once it's accepted. And remember, just because the seller signs off on it doesn't mean anything. The bank has to sign off on it. So the bank doesn't know really that it's a short sale. They go through all their dual diligence, fill out the paperwork, get your loan approved, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, three weeks later, they, you, know, you get a call from the agent, and they say, oh, sorry, your short sale didn't go through. And the lender goes, oh, what's going on here? Oh, it's a short sale. Well, I wish we would have known this before we spend all this time and money trying to get this thing going and then realizing because you're not going to get your inspection back you're not gonna, if they have an appraisal you're not going to get your appraisal money back you're not going to get anything so you're going to be losing a lot of money everybody loses so make sure like I said you tell your lender that you're purchasing a short sale and um, you know negotiate the terms um you know, you can always negotiate the terms and say, you know, hey, if it doesn't meet this or it doesn't meet that, uh, we can cancel the contract at any time. Because, like I said, the seller doesn't care. The bank is the one that you're really purchasing the property in. So, you know, 
always write in the offer, hey, look, if it's not approved by this amount of time, we can walk away and get our earnest money back, blah, 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 blah. So, like I said, and, and the uh, last thing about a short sale, people still think that uh, it's a foreclosure. It isn't, but it kind of still shows up as a foreclosure. Don't skip the home inspection. Uh, you know, just because maybe you might be getting a really good deal, get an inspection done. You know, always have an attorney review it, your contract, review everything. Um, you know, falling uh, hard for a bad home is really the biggest mistake. You you might get a really really nice home and maybe you know. A year ago or two years ago, it was selling for a seven fifty, and you're getting it for six fifty or six twenty five. You're like, oh wow, look at this, man! You know this. We're getting this house a hundred thousand dollars less than what it sold for a year and a half ago. No, you're only getting it what the market price is in today's market. So don't fall for a, a house and oh wow, get all googly eyed. Just don't get emotional. Do your due diligence. Get an inspection. Get everything done. But make sure that you get it done after the bank has accepted the offer. So you might want your real estate agent, if you're doing a short sale in the future, because there's going to be a lot of them coming up, that inspections, appraisals, everything is done once the bank has accepted the short sale offer, not just the seller does, because if it doesn't go through, like I said many a times, you're going to lose everything. Now, let's discuss another thing that I think is going to be coming up, and a lot of people don't uh, know about this, is what we call an assumption. Uh, you know, back years ago, there was what we call uh, non-qualifying assumptions, and you could actually uh, assume a loan with no credit, no job, no nothing. And my first house was that. You just took over the loan. The market was terrible. You gave the seller enough money to move, and they hand you the deed and the keys, and you would go. Well, those, do those days are pretty much gone, and I'll tell you the reason why uh, non-qualifying assumptions are gone and why a lot of the loans are qualifying assumptions. So you might want to uh, consider this. The reason why non-qualifying assumptions are not around anymore is back in the old days, you had skellywags, scammers, and thieves. And what they would do is they would have really desperate people that were going to go down in the foreclosure. They'd had no money and so on and so forth. So they just come in and they say, hey, look, it, we'll give you uh, your moving costs. Give us the keys, deed over the house, and you're gone. Well, a lot of these people did not realize that they were actually turning their loan over to these scallywags and hustlers. So they move out thinking, no problem, I just saved myself a foreclosure. And a lot of these yahoos would just rent out the house. It's called equity skimming. And they would rent out the house, uh, collect the rent, and never pay the payment. And then after about five, six, seven months, 
the house would go into foreclosure. They would make a ton of money, but the foreclosure would not show up in their name because the loan wasn't in their name. The loan was in the seller's name. So then, you know, the seller would realize, looking at their credit, that they had a foreclosure. And they would go, wait a minute. I sold this house to, you know, this other guy. Uh, yeah, but he assumed your loan and you had liability on the loan. Uh, were you aware of that? And they're like, no. So a lot of times when you did a non-qualifying assumption later on, when a lot of this stuff started coming uh, you know, up to the surface, a lot of the banks were going, well, if you want to do a non-qualifying assumption, you have to have a release of liability that says you're not liable for the loans. Well, all of a sudden, people didn't really understand that. Uh, in matter of fact, there was one case where a guy bought something like 60 homes, non-qualifying, just gave some, you know, some pittance and some p- pennies to the sellers, uh, took all their loans over, rented it, made millions of dollars, and they all went into foreclosure, and they found out it was fraud. He got arrested and thrown in jail for fraud for like 20, 30 years, and so on. So they just decided not to do non-qualifying assumption anymore. But a lot of the banks do have qualifying assumptions, and that's what I think is going to be really popular in the future. you got a lot of these banks... That a lot of these buyers too that have these low, low, low interest rates and maybe owe a little bit more on the home than uh, they're worth. But since they have these low, low interest rates, they might be able to sell them. So you can qualify um, for my loan, uh, do a release of liability, and then say, well, you know. If you give me $10,000 more uh, than my house is worth, uh, you know, that'll that'll get me going uh, on to the next home, but I'll let you assume my loan and except doing a 6 or 7 8% interest rate, you got a 2 3% interest rate and paying an extra 10 or $20,000 to get that loan might be worth it than going with a 7% loan. Maybe you get that house 20, 30, $40,000 less. Put over uh, 10, 20, 30 years, you know, you would have paid $300,000 more in interest, where maybe $20,000 more for the home is a great deal uh, to assume that loan than to get a new loan at 7%, maybe get that house less. But over those years of paying interest, you pay tons, tons more over than just paying a little extra to the seller and assuming his loan. But when you assume a qualifying assumption, you're going to have to go through the same thing that that buyer did when they, uh, or the seller did when he uh, purchased home. So you got to qualify. You have to have good credit, good job stability. All you're doing is getting the loan under the same terms than they did. So you're going to have to go through the same thing um, and I don't think you need an appraisal. You need a home inspection because uh, you want to know what you're getting into. But you know, uh, if you're assuming the loan, all the lender is doing is just transferring the loan from the seller to you under the same conditions that the seller did. But if the seller doesn't have any equity, uh, maybe doing a short sale or something like that, and uh, all the seller says is, hey, look at 
you know, I'll give you my loan, but I need a little bit more money to walk away with. It might be worth to pay ten, twenty thousand dollars more than what the house is. Um, you know, that you negotiated with the house to assume his loan. So that's why I think it's going to be coming up. We're going to see a lot of people starting to assume loans as these people are upside down in them. And maybe the lenders, except for closing, will say, hey, look, it, we'll do a short sale. We'll take a loss, but we'll give you that loan under this same, uh, all we're doing is transfer the loan over to you. Or even if it might be an overinflated house, uh, you know, and the payments are a lot, lot less than if you just bought it at a lower price home. Uh, it might just, you know, it just might be worthwhile to assume the loan, even though it might be a little bit overpriced, and save money than going out and buying the house at a much lower price and paying six, seven percent interest rate. So you're going to probably see a lot of uh, qualifying assumptions coming out. And so if they don't, it means that these real estate agents have no clue what's going on. They're just going to tell you to buy the home at a six, seven, eight percent interest rate, and you might be able to. You're going to be losing the opportunity and maybe assuming a three or two point nine percent loan. So, like I said, there's going to be a lot of interesting things in the next three or four or five years. The educated people are going to be the ones that are going to benefit the ignorant people, ignorant real estate agents who doesn't doesn't have a clue. All they're going to do is just going to be taking advantage of their buyers and sellers, and it's going to be really, really sad. So hopefully you learned something about this. I really appreciate your time. Guys, have a good one, and I'll talk to you sometime next week. Take it easy. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show, Real Estate for the Common Man. Please follow us or subscribe. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about us. We're on all your major podcast apps, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. If you can't remember all that, just Google it or have your friends Google Real Estate for the Common Man and it will come up. Again, we thank you very much for your time and hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hey, if you live in Colorado Springs and want to buy or sell a home, you can look us up at soldrealestatecompany.com as in I sold a home. Again, thank you very much. Have a very good week and we'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.